Hello, everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today, because today we are having another one of these disruptive landmark episodes that we've only had one other time in our 130-something episode long schedule here. We've just have to do something don't we dylan we have to do something and it will surprise no one that (laughs) i'm here to disrupt Uh, (laughs) i'm here to disrupt something that charles holds very very dear and that's our precious precious reading schedule isn't that right charles that's right and you know this was one of those times where yes you were disruptive but i was completely on board and prepared and ready last time it was like i've already read this and we should talk about it and i was like oh okay let's do it but this time it's like yeah let's let's work this in and i'm like yes i was thinking the same thing because this is a series a book i've been dying to read for many months now and uh we're making it happen finally yeah so pretty much what happens behind the scenes here at ftf is i pester charles off the air constantly i mean it's been 20 plus years or so of this right charles that's right give or take Yes. And we, one thing I've been pestering Charles about, and this one he doesn't mind getting pestered about because I think he's always really, really, really wanted to get to read Kings of the Wild by yes. Nicholas Eames. Yes. Because it's, a, it's one of those things, you know, when you just pester the crap out of your friend <laughs> because you know they'll love something so much, and you're like, trust me you need this and you know there's a part of you like me that is like well i need this i want to reread this book it's so amazing (laughs) right and (laughs) and you know we just had christian cameron on recently and we've been chatting with him and he's also been saying really glowing things about kings of the wild and nicholas eames i've been watching interviews with nicholas eames i'm just like okay like it's it's time let's just do it because i did pitch this book a while back and it just wasn't the time back then. Charles no. had to go with another very noble choice. But all that being said, now is the time. We have to read we Kings of the Wild. And I'm going to tell you Kings why. Yes, Dylan, please. I just want to say that when I when you had originally pitched this, I, w- I was very excited about it. And... I'm excited that we get the chance to read it now. And I've even listened to the Spotify playlist for Kings of the Wild, curated by Nicholas Eames himself. I just was so excited by the idea of this book. And Nicholas Eames, just his online presence seems really positive and fascinating. And we have a mutual love for classic rock and for music in general. So I've just been 
I've just been ready to give this series a try for so long, and I'm looking forward to this this like pep rally, pep talk yeah. you're about to give. As someone who has read the book, uh, you're gonna just kind of get me psyched for it, talk me further into it. I'm already convinced, but I'm ready for more. I I, I need to know why we have to read it. Have to read it. Yeah, well, Charles, this book is one of the most lovingly written books that I've ever read. I mean, you can just tell that this came from a place of deep adoration for both the fantasy genre, for Dungeons and Dragons, and for, of course, 70s rock and just music in general from Nicholas Eames, who's a, a huge fan. I know you read that or you listened to that playlist that he sent us way back and we'd already recorded the episode and he was like oh the playlist might help you pitch it and then i was like oh no um so that was before we thought authors could even potentially listen let alone actually listen and reach it back out to us we're like oh people actually listen to what you put out in the internet (laughs) (laughs) a valuable lesson for us all valuable lesson (laughs) learned yes (laughs) yes so we're ready to put something out on the internet that we're very proud of which is me talking about i'm so i have this whole pitch thing that i back in the good old days when i was super like nervous about fdf i was writing stuff (laughs) down i dug it up so I'm not going to write read my whole written thing but I'm going to draw from it some and uh, so, some of what I found when I was researching it was that the creation story of this book starts with Nicholas Eames having a single thought Charles how cool would it be to read a book in which mercenary bands acted and were treated like rock stars <laughs> and awesome premise Charles you're I mean <laughs> So here's where the Friends part of Friends Talking Fantasy comes in here, Charles, because not, I mean, the book's so far. We'll get into all of it. But it, uh, something that immediately made me think this is the book I'm going to annoy Charles about forever until he reads it is that, th- th- Charles, you were in a band yeah. called Nostalgia back in yes. the day. You used to play in high school. I went to see you perform. <laughs> I remember, come on, I remember at the Coffee House Jam yeah. in high school yeah. when you gave that legendary performance as lead <laughs> vocals of Dream On by Aerosmith. It was sweet emotion, and, but yes, I do remember oh, that Come on. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you corrected me. <laughs> I uh, cannot sing Dream On. I... Dude, there's no way okay. I'm hitting those high notes. You don't think you have Dream it? On. I'm not. Yeah, okay, that you could do it. It's impossible to sing, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it was any other song, I would have let it slide, but I don't want people thinking that I can sing that. <laughs> That's like, oh, and you, well, you beautifully sang Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> You hit all the high notes, yeah, Charles. Exactly. I remember it so clearly. I don't. I didn't forget the song. Hey, I got the band. That's pretty you good. You got the band, so, and that was great. Yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, performance. yeah. It was fun. And I'm sure you you covered some serious '70s music. Uh, your band Nostalgia, named for the fact that you covered all these past songs. Yeah. And then yes. when we have. Uh, Kings of the Wild, the backdrop of this band analogy that I think you'll appreciate is there's literally hundreds hundreds of homages. That's a tough one to get out of my <laughs> mouth. Hundreds of homages. That's a nice right? tongue is twister, it, yeah. Is it homages? Is that, am I supposed to say homages? It's spelled with an H. Hundreds right? of homages. Of homages to I'm... the music scene more than 
I could ever name here. I'm going to you can put it in the show notes if, if you want, or if not, I'll just send you the link to this Reddit post that is freaking awesome where Nicholas Eames, who's so generous with his time and uh, like super just kind to everyone on on these social media platforms and stuff, uh, he posted so many homages that are in there and you'll pick up on all of them you'll pick up on so many more than i picked up on charles and i feel like (laughs) the world needs to hear you read this book yeah and you need to explain to me all the homages that i missed (laughs) because i literally was reading i was like I'm sure I'm like, I get the idea of this, right? Like I, and I, you know, I know enough about Aerosmith to name the wrong song that you played, (laughs) but I'm like, okay, this, some of this is going over my head, but Charles, if there's anyone besides, of course, Nicholas Eames, who's extremely equipped to explain all this, if there's anyone else who's going to pick up on all of the things that he's (laughs) doing and see all of the inside jokes in this hilarious, I used, I like to call it humorous yet heartfelt because it just walks that beautiful mm. beautiful line where line. it's like it comes from such a sweet place uh, uh you know credit mm-hmm. to you with the sweet emotion there's a lot of sweet emotion <laughs> in oh, nice. this wonderful wonderful book and there's also just so many references and i pick up on some of them i'd be like that's funny you know charles we went to an aerosmith concert together right we did yeah we did yeah (laughs) many many (laughs) that was a good time we were really young but yeah yeah it was awesome (laughs) with your dad (laughs) yeah yeah that was was amazing time we had to have my dad take us (laughs) (laughs) yes we caught didn't the bass guitarist i don't know his name you maybe you do but he like smat or no that was from uh motley sorry, crew we're like hang off. <laughs> it was motley that crew was, was the opener. motley crew was the yeah like, motley crew open call them an opener <laughs> yeah yeah motley yes. crew played. i that still like have Tommy it like Lee's if band. you gave me five seconds i could run and grab it and come back i'm not going to they, but. so it's the piece of a bass guitar right yes. or something like that yes. like i smashed yeah. the bass guitar and threw yep. it and you Nikki caught Six, it yeah <laughs> Oh, like that's so cool. So yeah. you have this deep history with music, especially from this era that Nicholas Eames adores. Mm. And I just feel like I felt this for a while. Like, y- we need you, Charles. We need <laughs> you in there telling us your thoughts on it. You're going to pick up on so much that went over my head. Right. You know, it was because in high school, when Dylan and I's friendship was, you know, we were hanging out all the time. I was like a big band geek and like classic rock nerd and stuff like that so i knew all the trivia it's been a good decade since i've been as obsessed with it as i used to be but i still know i can i'm I'm excited for all of these like uh, easter egg things that nicholas eames has spread throughout this book it seems like you said dylan a, a weird but awesome overlap that somehow it seems like nicholas eames wrote this just for me i'm not gonna say that he did because we've never met but (laughs) it certainly feels that way so i'm very excited to to get into it and uh, you know reignite my high school passion for classic rock and i still love classic rock of course but it's different when you're like obsessed about something growing up and when you know it's 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 a different thing but that was my world for so long obsessed with Mm. it so i'm just super excited to like, yeah, it, it's got me thinking back on all those times, like you said, of playing in a band and when we went to see those concerts and things like that. I'm, no, it's got me jazzed. He seems like Nicholas Eames seems like someone who would have 
you know, just from listening to the playlist and listening to interviews and seeing his social media presence, he seems to have been very, you know, like you said, it comes from a place of love and from admiration. So to see that kind of influence in a, in like a, in a fantasy novel, it's like, come on, what, I don't need much more convincing than that. Yeah. Well, don't worry, because I'm not going to stop trying to convince you, <laughs> even though you have already said yes, and we're recording an episode to just get my catharsis of excitement out <laughs> yeah. of my system over right. here. Right. So I'm sure people are hearing the energy. I'm like, I'm just pumped that we're going to get into this series and I'm like trying to, to channel that here. So something that I really love about this amazing series, Charles, is the... Like the so, you know, I'm into all the psychological and character aspects of this. And Mm -hmm. it's and you are too, Charles, uh, I know. And the thing that really appeals to me is the way that this is like a very different kind of story in terms of the characters, because it's this really it's like a Dungeons and Dragons band or like group mercenary group Mm -hmm. that is past their prime already at the start (laughs) of the story so it's like a getting the band back together for a reunion tour type situation and just what does that do to these old superstars who are coming back on the like new music scene and (laughs) but in in the setting of a fantasy setting where all the other groups are other like mercenary style D and D sword wielding, or uh, you know, like some of the references are like axes. You know, <laughs> yeah, axe means uh-huh, a little bit something uh, different that's in your right. That's right. right. The axe. Yes, the guitar. <laughs> yes. Like I hear it. I it, hear it. It's so. I mean, and that's just the the tip of the iceberg. There's so many amazing like references to this thing and it's so funny we love this is one of the books that we talked about with um our like favorite humorous fantasy books uh way i don't know when we did yeah yeah um so just the experience and we circled around this kind of with levi jacobs on that friends creating fantasy episode if you remember this idea of kind of like i do remember like that fomo feeling when you guys were you know um were saying like, oh, our scenario is kind of like uh, Kings of the Wild, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I, I wish I could contribute to that. Because <laughs> it sounds like like the premise is so awesome of this like past their For prime, sure. but still endearing kind of character. Yeah, they're all, I mean, there are a lot of really endearing characters in there, and I'm excited for you to meet them, Charles. Mm-hmm. And we have, I guess it's interesting because they have these archetype the characters and their dynamics with each other are unlike any other dynamics i've seen in the in the genre uh where we have characters who fit into these archetypes like the rogue the wizard like the leader those kind of folks and the way that nicholas eames plays with those and does a little subverting too Mm -hmm. i would say a not in a like, let's just twist everything on its head for the sake of it, but in a like, let's have fun with these things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes a totally new approach of like, what happens to the rogue after the story's over? 
Because <laughs> the normal story ends a certain place with the rogue. I won't. I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to get into it and for you to experience the first time. But like this, right. the story ends a certain place for the hero. It ends a certain place for the rogue. It ends a certain place for the wizard. In the normal stories we're used to hearing, and Nicholas Eames says, "What happens after that? And where are they now?" And you get to see what happens when they get back together. And there's such interesting twists that draw from the fact that they're interrupted from lives that have been going on well past what would have been the conclusion of most Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. <laughs> and yeah, they're just fully realized characters and their relationship dynamics where they have all this history, but some of them haven't seen each other for a while and all this stuff is just... It's just not like anything else I've seen in the genre. We're used to hearing the story that took place way before this one when they were the all-star big shot uh, mercenary group. And now it's like, what happens later? That's, no, that is something that, like, I was kind of aware that that's what the story was about. But to one, hear your endorsement and two, get a little more context into, like, how it fits in terms of, like, the dabbling in subversion the dabbling in humor the dabbling in tropes it it it, it seems i don't know it, it just sounds super interesting to me yeah it's i it is super interesting and i think when i think of this book charles i know you're you're a complicated bearded man charles that's well established <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no one questions that <laughs> and <laughs> and you're uh, you have your deep man who appreciates contradictions and complexity, Mm. especially in characters and in in settings and books overall. And I know that about you. And (laughs) I, this is a book that I've always felt is kind of characterized by those contradictions because it's a throwback to this old Dungeons and Dragons type setting replete with monsters taken right out of the monster manual, basically. But it's undeniably modern fantasy in its tone and its dialogue and this fresh getting the band back together take and being funny and it's i didn't think i was going to come in and compare kings of the wild to the only other book we've done a why we have to read for which is the (laughs) poppy war because they're very very different tone don't expect them to be the same tone uh poppy war is very like serious in a lot i mean there's funny moments but it's taking itself extremely seriously and it's very cynical and we've called it grimdark in a lot of ways incredible one of my favorite series of all time that's rebecca kwong's poppy war Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so but one thing that we always note about the poppy war is that modern feeling dialogue even though some of this new like even so, so some of this does feel like treading some ground that like bringing fantasy elements and magic and things like that. It it has this fresh new take where it's like, no, you can just have the characters talk like people. They don't have to all talk like ye old medieval (laughs) style thing. Right. Right. It's your world. (laughs) I always appreciate the, yeah, the Dungeons and Dragons setting with the modern feeling like dialogue and characters is, I just, I love that. It's, it's really cool. That sounds awesome. uh, Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's also got that uh, being one one of the funniest books that I've ever read in the fantasy genre. Maybe the funniest. I'm trying wow. to think what even. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, and then it also has these ridiculously poignant moments that hit you right in the feels. And I've heard many say that this is a book that made them cry. And Charles, wow. <laughs> you know that oh, I. Oh boy. And Tony the Fong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. The yeah. Fong of Emberlane, as we, <laughs> as uh, I think it's, a, I don't want to mess his Twitter handle up, but a great guy over on Twitter. And it, you know that we have not forgotten about hashtag mission make Charles cry. We've been a little <laughs> bit quiet on that front, I know. Right, right. But Charles, it is my duty as your friend to say that Kings of the Wild might be the book that makes you cry, that succeeds at Mission Make Charles Cry, and we need to give it that opportunity, Charles. We need to give it that shot, and that's part of why we have to read this wonderful book, Kings of the Wild. Wow, wow. Well, you have me sold, Dylan. I mean, if it makes me cry, that's just a bonus. I I think <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I think I'm going to be, you know, fanboying over the yeah. rock and roll Easter eggs. I'm going to have so many, I'm sure, questions or comments for Nicholas Eames. <laughs> if I could ever get his ear, <laughs> I would love yeah. to ask him some questions. And Read some while you're reading, man. Yeah, I for bet sure. he didn't. I don't know. I want to speak for him, but you know, I, I he's very good. Yeah, from what I've seen at yeah, interacting and being kind to his he fans. Is, really he's an author. I wish I had in my reading vocabulary. I definitely. Um, feel like it's one of the holes in terms of authors that I haven't read that have come up often enough in conversation and in our recommendation series and things like that. So I'm super happy to have a Nick to get an, a Nicholas Eames book under my yeah. belt. I really can't wait to do that. Yeah. I'm I'm ridiculously bumped, Charles. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm excited. I just as think well. this is Yeah. Go ahead. I just think it's going to be one of those books that, like, when we read... There's certain books we read, Charles, and, you know, we we always find a way to appreciate and enjoy every book we read here. Mm -hmm. We always try to look for the things we we like about it and spotlight those things. We're enthusiasts. We've never tried to be anything but people who what we were before we started this yeah, like yeah. people who just really liked reading fantasy novels and then talking about them with their friends so we've right. always tried we still do keep that as the core of this but sometimes we read it and it just doesn't speak to us as much as some other books do and i just mm-hmm. then we have these other books that just we read them and then we just can't stop talking about <laughs> them because right. they're so fresh and unique and and just speak to us and i just feel like kings of the wild is going to be a book like that because it's like fun and fast-paced in a lot of ways like it does move it's sub 500 pages i believe at least the paperback that i have and Mm -hmm. it's just got all these elements that you love so much and i do too i I do appreciate them i just know you're gonna see so much more than me and the it's got so many elements of that. It's got the psychological stuff that we both appreciate and these like fresh characters, but it's just like, it's such a unique place in fantasy. And it actually got recommended to me first when I was looking for basically when I was just, uh, as I had some guy on, uh, you know, I'm still some guy. Uh, when I, <laughs> when I was on Reddit and just throwing something out there that was like, Hey, I, I want book recommendations for like Joe Abercrombie for me at this point, because I was just a huge Joe Abercrombie fan and people were throwing out there a like read Kings of the wild. 
And I was like, how is this going to be Joe Abercrombie-like? Ah. But the humor and the wit is freaking wow. incredible, Charles. I Ooh. And, you know, you and I like to laugh. That's a big thing that we like to do on this show. And <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, it's, that's um, a... That, I think we're have a great time. That's yeah. actually interesting. That's something that I had forgotten, that the connect, it was an Abercrombie connection in terms of yeah. the humor. Wow, that has me even more excited because I feel like Abercrombie is, again, you had mentioned this idea of like, you know, there's certain series that we get enthusiastic about or more tailored to our taste. And Abercrombie is one of those authors. First Law is one of those series that we feel tailors to our taste particularly well. And to hear that that kind of springboarded you into reading Kings of the Wild, well, I mean, I was already getting the feeling that this was going to be a bit more tailored to my taste just from the hype yeah. I've heard around it and the recommendations that I've gotten from because of it. So, yeah, that's an even even more of a sell than you didn't have to go this hard. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I. <laughs> when I get that passion going, Charles, it's yeah. hard for me. I gotta, this is like the way to get it out. Cause it's like, even though I already convinced you, it's like, okay, I still have all this latent energy here. So, <laughs> you know, might as well record a, right. a, a quick podcast episode exactly, about it. Exactly. Right? And there's the whole other side to this is that we need to record this to let the listeners know that yes. there's going to be a change to the schedule. If, if you want me to get into that super quickly, I'm happy uh, I'm to. sure they're all checking that <laughs> schedule constantly. I know. I know Red Co- Guy... Uh, Red Country is coming. Yes, we yes. both finished it. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we we want to <laughs> we want to take that one seriously. So we're taking our time to make sure that we're fully prepared yeah. and ready to have that conversation because I know we're gonna have a lot to say. We have never ever talked about Red Country with each other before, yeah. so lots of exciting energy around that one. So of course, guys, whenever we have to read a new series that we weren't planning on, you know that involves some magical uh you know schedule reworking and i'll keep it mm. really simple here you know in the next week we promise you know we've got red country ready to go we also have a really exciting book discussion of artifact space and we will have christian cameron aka miles cameron the author of artifact space on the episode for a you know spoiler filled discussion so we're super excited for that and that's all going to be happening in the next week or two and then we are going to go into friends pitching fantasy which dylan i feel like it's been a while since we've had one of these i feel like we're so overdue and i am super excited to pitch some of these books to you i'm going to throw some curveballs your way it's going to be so much fun all the series that I'm pitching, I'm just super excited about. So th- there's no wrong answer. I- I'm just so pumped. And then right after that, normally we would have read Wheel of Time 5, but we're going to push it back. We're pushing it back so that we can instead release uh, Kings of the Wild. So that will be sometime around July 19th, which is a Monday that week somewhere in there so we've got several weeks so if you wanted to start reading it now you have plenty of time and we're going to start cracking the cover within the week of kings of the wild and we're going to throw in a friends pitching fantasy along the way and guys artifact space and red country and we're gonna have the we have christian cameron on to talk about his own book so you're not gonna want to miss any of that you're not gonna want to miss friends pitching fantasy there's going to be some real shenanigans in that one and you're not gonna want to miss uh, when we get right after that, we're going to get right into Kings of the Wild, guys. It's going to be so much fun, and it's going to be soon. It's so soon. 
Yes, it's so <laughs> soon. And Charles, you know what sounds like it's going to be soon? Is oh, in I... honor of the musical Kings of the Wild. Yes. I think it's time to get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping. Do you feel like it's time, my friend? I think it's time. Let's rock and roll. Oh, nailed it. Let's get the band back together. <laughs> We're getting Sorry, the I don't band know why I need to one-up you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, okay. thank you so much for rocking out with us today on this disruptive episode of why we just simply had to read Kings of the Wild we by will. Nicholas Eames. If you like what you heard today, if you want to get us pumped even more for this series, reach out to us on social media. That's the best way to get in touch with us over on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end and the FTF Podcast on Instagram. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even further than following us and messaging us on uh, social media and they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Just find yeah. that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Click the Friends Talking Fantasy page. Scroll down past all those episodes until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, the optimal number of stars to click in order to support the show would be five of them. If you want to go to the next step, then writing a review is an amazing thing to do for a podcast like ours. But just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much. Yes, listening. Guys, thank you so much as always for listening. We really appreciate you. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.